Shouldn't I be further along in my life? It feels like I'm doing the same thing, day in and day out. How do I go from where I'm at to where I want to be? There's got to be something more out there for me. Is it too much of a risk? What are people going to think? What if I fail? What if I fail? What if I fail? It's time to stop holding back. It's time to stop making excuses. It's time to take a leap. It's time to find that drive, that passion, that fire. It's time to get comfortable being uncomfortable. It's time to be at the top of the game. I'm done with being content. Welcome to the Finding Fire Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. You've made it past the intro. Now on to our first actual interview. Please follow us on Instagram, Finding Fire Podcast. Hit the subscribe button. And if there's ever a topic that you want to hear about or learn about it, please email us or put it in the comment section. We'll be sure to get that for you. And Ryan, you've known our guest the longest, so who are we going to be interviewing today? Yeah, today we're interviewing Noah Seiler, founder of Sift Legal Marketing. And Noah talks about what life was like growing up in an entrepreneur family and uh, not going that direction. He went into law, actually started to practice, and uh, just realized that was not for him. So he went from uh, law to, to marketing and ended up finding his fire and his passion uh, back to the way he grew up with entrepreneur. And that's when he founded Sif Legal Marketing. So um, let's hear from Noah. Awesome. Here we go. We'll just, we'll just dive in. Like Ryan kind of sure. but why don't you give us your background and tell us what you're yeah. Yeah, so um, I I grew up in a family business um, in Duluth, and my my grandfather and his brothers started it. Um, my you know growing up, my dad uh, owned it with his cousin, and so like the family business was like always you know it was um, it was ubiquitous, it was everywhere, and um, so like I I sort of like hung out there when I was a kid. Um, like actually the first thing that I ever sold, it was a jewelry store. And the first thing I ever sold, it's kind of a funny story, was um to was was a big gold bracelet to Bob Dylan's mother, uh Beattie. Um and I didn't really know who she was at the time. I was like maybe like eight or nine, just like hanging out behind the uh the counters. And she comes over and she's like, Hey, you know, young man, can you show me that bracelet? And so I showed her it and uh she's like, Oh, I'll take it. And I was like, Oh what do I do now? <laughs> so I like ran over to my dad and my dad's like, no, do you know who that is? That's B.D. Zimmerman. Um, so that was kind of like, I always like kind of tell that anecdote, but like, um, no. So like I always hung out like, you know, at the store and very much was into that entrepreneurial vibe, I guess. Um, having grown up in that, but, um, I went off to school and when I graduated college, I had a philosophy degree and it was 2010. So like the, the recession was still kind of there. There weren't any philosophy to, uh, jobs to be had. Right. And yeah, so I kind of like hit this wall. I was like, what the hell am I going to do? And I ended up going to law school um, because that just kind of, you know, was one of my few options at that point. <laughs> um, I had, I did a little internship in the um, public defender's office in Duluth, which I really uh, became passionate about. 
And so it was kind of like my, my goal going to law school to become a, a public defender, um, which I did do after law school. I worked in St. Paul and uh, Anoka County as a public defender for about a year. Um, but I just sort of realized that it really wasn't for me. Um, it was a very taxing uh, job emotionally. Um, you know, being a public defender is, is an incredibly tough job. It's very underpaid, um, especially for me because I was on contracts um, with different counties. Um, and it was just sort of like, you know, after grinding it out for so long, um, I just sort of kind of realized that this wasn't really the life that was meant for me. Um, a lot of people can do it, and I think that's amazing. Uh, but it just wasn't for me. So uh, from there, I kind of like went to the opposite end of the spectrum, and I took a job with um, a respected law firm down here uh, representing uh, companies and insurance companies when employees were suing them, um, which was uh, – uh, pretty soul sucking um for me personally <laughs> i viscerally hated it from day one uh yeah and uh you know after after a while um just became very clear that it was not uh gonna work out long term either and so at that point um i just kind of i had a bit of a uh i don't know cheesy moment i guess whatever you want to call it um, where I, I quit that job and I uh, bought a one-way ticket to Europe and just like traveled around for three months to kind of like do a little bit of like self-exploration, um, which was like the best thing I've ever done because when I came back, I had a really good idea of, of not just like what I wanted to be, but like who I was, you know, like what I was good at, what would make me happy and that sort of thing. Um, and it all came back to that sort of, um, entrepreneurial spirit that um, I grew up with that I always kind of thought I wanted to do something with. Um, and so I got a job at a marketing agency helping other businesses grow. And I loved it immediately. It was great. Um, this was about um, almost four years ago now. Um, and part of what I did there was kind of figure out new um, sectors that we could uh, move into and uh, do the marketing for, right? So new, new different types of businesses that we hadn't necessarily done as a agency in the past. Um, and one of those things that I uh, kind of put together was um, kind of how SIFT Legal Marketing grew, which was um, helping out class action law firms uh, find their plaintiffs using the various digital marketing uh, things that we were doing. So that's kind of that in a nutshell. Very cool. Got it. I remember the day, like, there's a point where you and I didn't talk for a while, and that's probably when you went to Europe. Um, I just remember seeing your dad in the store uh, in Duluth and asking, like, he's, you know, how's my family doing? And great, how, how's Noah doing? And, you know, is he still in law? He's like, no, he's, he's at a marketing agency in Minneapolis now. I was like, what? He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of my like law school classmates, I think, were kind of like raising their eyebrows and stuff too, which is kind of funny. But uh, I don't know, man. Sometimes like you just reach a, a brink, right, where you're like, you literally maxed out what you think you needed to do or what you should do in life, and 
if that's not the right trajectory, like at some point you just get so uncomfortable that you just gotta like do something that seems extreme from the outside. But um, yeah, yeah that, that's kind of what happened for me, I guess. So nice. being that you, you know, I would imagine law school is not an easy thing to go through. A lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of, a lot of money, self-sacrifice. For did you, sure. Did you find that it was hard to walk away initially? And if you, if I you mean, hard, yeah. how did you overcome that? Yeah, I think, um, I think at first that was definitely like weighing on my mind, right? Like if you invest anything in anything, uh, you're going to feel kind of tied to that, um, that endeavor. Right. Um, yeah. and so that was, that was totally true. I think like, that's why I accepted that, uh, job with that firm was because, you know, I, I became a lawyer, you know, this was like the best opportunity that had come along for me since I graduated. So obviously I have to take it. Right. Um, and yeah, you know, you, you, you put so much time into something you think that the other thing too, is I think school kind of you know, American schools do a decent job of teaching people to think critically, but at the same time, it's still really putting you in a box, especially a professional school. Um, yeah. They're really kind of nudging you to be this sort of professional that fits inside this this template uh, because for a majority of students that's kind of like what they should do I guess right or that's kind of what we pay for I don't know yeah Um, I feel a lot of people put themselves in that mold and you know similar to maybe how you felt before you took the leap or took a jump they're they're sitting there asking themselves how can I really walk away from this after I just did all that Totally. Totally. They'll they'll stay in a job that they, they hate for years. (laughs) And then when they're Mm -hmm. 50 or 60, they'll look back and like, wow, I really regretted that. So definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's a lot of people out there who have, you know, families to support, um, you know, maybe I, I, I'm very much aware that I think I came from a, a place of privilege as well to like be able to, um, I don't know, make that pivot, right? You know, if I had, um, you know, other extenuating circumstances in my life, right? Like I wouldn't have been able to just quit my job. Um, right. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, so that, that's definitely true. Um, no question. Yeah, I kind of answered um, one of the questions that we like to ask on this podcast, you know, where, where did you find that fire for like that? kind of entrepreneur mindset and motivation, which you answered, like when you, when you knew that you were switching career paths, um, did you get any feedback from anybody or family or is that more of a, Hey, I'm doing this. I don't care kind of what people think or say, like, I'm just, I know this will make me happy or what type of advice did you get from, if any, I guess from others. So I think like the, the real like fire, if you want to call it that, or like the real like feedback came, not when really I switched careers, but it was more so when I left that agency and started my own company. Um, and that was definitely, you know, I, 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 fortunately I had a lot of, um, 
smart people in my life who gave me like decent advice. Um, I originally wanted to start a different type of company um, for this product that I was developing and, and got a patent for. Um, but then this sort of came along and was probably a better idea for a company, you know, less risk. Um, there, there are a lot of aspects to it that I think were just, just made it a more sound idea. Mm -hmm. Um, and so definitely like my dad was an awesome, uh, springboard, uh, a couple of close friends of mine who like, uh, who really were on board and believed in the idea for SIF legal marketing. Um, who had a legal background. Um, so they were able to say like, yeah, this really is a good idea. Um, but I also had kind of proven it over the last couple of years, having built these campaigns, I guess, uh, uh, prior. So it was sort of like a, a proven um, entity, which was nice. It was sort of like being able to test things out um, without much risk to myself, I guess. Were you nervous at all, like leaving when you were at that first marketing agency after law? Like, we, guess, can you talk a little, a little bit about that um, leap of taking, you know, leaving that marketing agency, which is probably comfortable, and just kind of doing your own thing? Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. Like looking back, I think like anytime you do something extreme, you have to be a little bit naive and probably stupid right um which uh yeah I, I think you know so much of what uh keeps people from taking those types of leaps whether it's professionally personally whatever it might be is um there is a little bit of you know there's a massive amount of risk you know things can go wrong whatever um but at the same time there's not that much risk either, right? Like if you can prepare yourself a little bit, um, say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not going to make much money this, the next couple months. I'm just going to really dedicate myself to this. Um, I packed away some acorns for, you know, this foreseeable future and worse comes to worse. If it doesn't work out, um, I can just get another job, right? Uh, that's yep. always an option. Um, it sucks to lose money, uh, but I'd rather lose money doing something that I am investing in myself in and something I believe in than go spend it on, uh, you know, something superfluous that I forget about in a couple of years. Right. Um, so for me, like that was kind of the way that I looked at it was I had just like, I saved every dollar that I I didn't need to spend for, you know, a number of years. And, um, it was like super fun to start spending it on my business once I did. Yeah. Um, and, and if you don't feel that way, then, you, you know, maybe you're, you're probably, I don't know if like, if you have to feel that way, but you have to get yourself comfortable if you're going to start a business, um, with investing in yourself and really taking pride in everything that you invest in. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a huge tip. Just that last little segment right there. Cause like Matt, you and I are kind of, we were going through that too, like doing these campaigns for other people and not people, but like companies. And you just kind of ask yourself like, who am I doing this for? Like, why am I doing this? 
Mm-hmm. This is kind of how we, you know, started this podcast and what we're doing is just that motivation and passion that you have for investing in yourself and believing in it. And, you know, that'll, that'll, uh, pour out in your product. Yeah. That's I'll totally say, true. Yeah. Yep. And I'll say as soon as we started doing this, like I, I've been way happier. Like I, I enjoy coming on and doing this and like spending money on stuff for this company. I love it. Like it gets me fired up. It makes me more motivated and like, it yeah. makes me want to be successful. Like I really like that drive. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and you guys get to shape it in any way that you want to that. I mean, that's the most empowering thing I can think of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So just so our viewers can understand Ryan filled me in, but when you say you run campaigns for these law firms, can you describe what, just an example of what you're actually putting together? Have, like, yeah, have totally. Out there? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, so what we do is we mainly um, run advertising campaigns for law firms that specialize on the plaintiff side for class action lawsuits. So, um, you know, one example I always use is if you think about how um, over the past couple of years, it came out that Roundup was causing cancer. The weed killer is causing cancer uh, mm-hmm. to the consumers that use it. Yeah. Um, so when, when that um, story broke, uh, you know, there were so many people who were affected by it, right? Um, but the challenge is how do we uh, hold Roundup responsible having known that um, with, with uh, and connecting the consumers who are affected by it with attorneys who can help them uh, get the money that they're due for that. Yeah. So what we do is we take kind of all of that creepy data that the internet knows about us um, and we uh, flight advertisements to people who are likely to have been harmed by that product or if it's a service, whatever it might be. So in this case with Roundup, you know, we will flight advertisements towards individuals who are really likely to have used it. Um, you know, if, you, if you're a gardener, if, uh, you know, you're maybe a certain age segment that happens to use it, uh, certain regions, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll put advertisements in front of people who are likely to have been affected by it. Um, when people see those ads, they can uh, click them and land on the landing page that we build for our clients um, where they can learn more about it and then get in touch uh, through it. Um, so the idea is um, we're kind of that um, intermediary between connecting uh, uh, consumers with an attorney who can help them uh, seek the damages that they're due. Okay. I'm just going to say that is like when people say niche down, like, yeah, super neat. Yep. <laughs> I was telling Matt that I was like, he's yep. a super narrow targeted audience, but I was like, he's, he's got something. And I mean, that's, yeah, but that's like, that's like super, um, it's a really good observation though, Matt, because, uh, nowadays my, I have such a strong belief that you have to have a really, really uh, strict niche carved out if you're going to have success nowadays because there are so many massive companies out there 
um, like the Walmarts of everything, of marketing, of podcasts, of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever, um, that people are so used to seeing, um, you know, these sort of massive generalist companies, but when they see something that specializes in exactly what they're looking for, um, that makes, I mean, everything come together much easier is what I've noticed at least. Oh, that's awesome. Probably almost easier in a way too, huh? Just like, here's what I do and for this audience. I mean, it's pretty, you know, black and white. I would, I guess, right? I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it helps to like, it helps to get good at something really fast if you really define what it is that, you know, you're going to do and who you're going to do it for. Um, yeah. So that's been good on, on our operations side. It's helped our sales side because uh, when, you know, when say a new attorney or law firm um, gets to know us, they already know that what we do aligns with, with what they do. We don't, we're not going to have a learning curve like they would with a general marketing agency. Um, so you, yeah. I, I, oh yeah. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, would you say that people are finding you or are you also reaching out to them? Yeah. So as of now, it's been pretty much like 90% referral uh, business, sure. uh, which has been great. Um, but we're not, we're just now starting to ramp up our own marketing as well um, to be a little bit more proactive with, with growing. Um, so that's kind of been our next, uh, the next stage thing. Um, which is going to be the new challenge, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Exciting. You say, yeah. uh, we, how, how big is your team? Yeah. So we have a number of contractors. Um, I have, uh, two in our social media department. I have two in our web development department, and I have three or four other contractors that are kind of less active in the company, but you know, anywhere from like five to 10 hours per week, uh, they do. So, uh, designers, um, what else, uh, video producer, uh, things just, you know, it's sort of like random contacts that where, um, if we need some extra, you know, different type of work, they sort of come yeah. into play, but it's really like a, a crew of about four or five people, including me. Got it. Website, by the way, is awesome. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate yeah, it. yeah, that's well, really, really, uh, really well done. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. We we made a little video uh, on it, and that was uh, that was a trip to make. <laughs> maybe maybe was, you guys could do something like that in the future. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> We're working on it. We're, our website is coming along here eventually. We'll get something up, and then hopefully we can bring it to that professional level that you got going on. That's awesome. Right on. Pretty cool. Yeah, if you need help, let me know. Happy to help. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So who are you who do you go after? Like obviously law firms, how are you, you know, you're gonna start marketing, which my background is primarily marketing. Um, I have my master's in marketing. And mm -hmm. I'm really curious to know how you go about targeting these law firms. So are there law firms out there that are specifically in that industry and you can Go out, search them, find them, have a list, mm -hmm. and you're just sending mailers, sending videos, picking up the phone. 
Yeah, yeah, all of the above. So yeah, we can definitely find uh, law firms who specialize in what we do fairly easily, which is um, a positive. Um, but you know, in terms of what is the best way to reach them, uh, honestly, we're still figuring that out. Um, we've done mailers, we've done emails, we've done social media marketing, um, kind of direct and indirect. Um, and I don't really have enough data to tell you what works best for us. Um, if I did know, I probably wouldn't say because uh, <laughs> that might be a strange thing to, to give away to. But no, to be honest, I mean, we, we haven't really found, you know, one thing that's like, you know, be, been the, the be all end all. Um, like I said, right now, like our saving grace has really just been referrals and, um, you know, just doing the, the best work that we can for our clients so that they recommend us to their colleagues. Do you, do you have one thing that you would say contributes to your referral rate? We really do X well, or people really walk away feeling mm -hmm. this way? I think, yeah. Well, I, I think it all comes back to relationships. I mean, results are mm -hmm. a prerequisite, but relationships are, are definitely what uh, fortunately have really, um, built our business. Um, you know, I, I can honestly say, you know, everyone who I work with, um, is just awesome. Um, all of our clients are super cool. Um, we, we have a great relationship. Um, and yeah, I think that's been really fortunate and probably something that I, you know, I always look to my dad who was a great relationship builder in business. And so I, I try to kind of emulate him. Um, and, and I don't know, take that as a lesson. Yeah, absolutely. That's super yeah. awesome to hear. I, I feel the same way. Um, you know, when I, when I go out and sell, when I'm knocking on doors, like mm -hmm. just meeting somebody for the first time, you know, I try to walk in without an agenda and really form a friendship with everyone that I'm trying to sell with. And, you know, totally. it's, not, it's not a great fit. It's not a great fit. And hopefully, you know, later down the road, they'll consider me and, you know, take me as genuine and authentic. So I think relationships are so huge in any type mm -hmm. of sales that you're doing. So that's awesome. I completely agree. I think it's, yeah, being genuine, like not trying to sell. Um, like, I, I think especially nowadays, people are so hypersensitive to being sold to and it's just such a turn off um so yeah I, I think the best thing you can do is um kind of just be minnesota nice like we were all kind of raised and just be yourself and uh yeah. you know believe in your product but but believe more so in um what you're what you offer and what you can do for um the person that you're talking to yeah. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Well, I was, I was uh, kind of nearing nearing the end of this. What is um, I don't want to say your best piece of advice, but just advice you could give to individuals that are thinking about starting their own business, or um, or maybe just like at the brink of doing it. I guess what, in your experience. Mm -hmm. um, advice do you have for them and our listeners? I think my advice is there are always things that you don't know going into starting a business. 
Um, you know, there are always reasons not to do it, but yeah. you will figure that out. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think people always kind of wait for like the perfect moment, right? If, if they're making a big decision or something like that. And to a degree, you know, you should definitely make sure timing's right. But mm-hmm. um, one thing that I, I learned, which I didn't really expect um, over the last eight months, was that uh, you will always have to be learning something new and you will figure it out and it will work, you know. Um, and you'll, you'll actually get used to learning new things in that way. Um, it's sort of like a different muscle that you're exercising, but, um, yeah, don't let that get good way to put it. It's a really good way to put it. I mean, people sell themselves super short because they're so like uncomfortable, you know? Um, yeah. yeah once you just do it, I mean, I'm sure you used to point where you were comfortable with being uncomfortable. I'm sure. There's that point of just, yeah, I'm going to do it. And if I fail, I fail. And then I'll get it right next time or, you know, learn as they go and get it right the next time. And totally. So yeah. Good, good tip. Awesome. Well, no, we really appreciate having you. Um, thank you again. And if somebody that's listening to this podcast wants to learn more about what you do or wants to get in touch with you, your business, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, totally. You can uh, reach us at contact at siftlegal.com. Or you can uh, just check out our website at siftlegal.com. Awesome. Great. All right. That was fun. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening today. Uh, Really hope you enjoyed hearing a little bit more about Noah's story. Uh, For me, super inspiring. Uh, It was kind of cool because you have someone who spends eight years of his life, goes to law school, goes into a law firm, practices, and spends all this time and invests it. And it's not what he wants to do. It's not his passion. It's not his drive. And he decides to take some time off, take a leap, and go into something that he really enjoys and what he really wants to do in life for the rest of his life. Um, So for me, it was really inspiring. Uh, It really kind of epitomizes what it is that we want to do and what we want to try to get across with this podcast uh, and with kind of the whole Finding Fire brand uh, is to help you guys find your fire, find your drive, and find that passion to be able to pursue things just like Noah did. So... We hope that you guys were able to find a little bit of that motivation. I know for me it was super inspiring as well. Um, we're hoping that you guys are going to hear more and more of this as we continue on with more and more interviewees uh, and more entrepreneurs that are doing the same thing. Uh, so we'd love it if you fi- uh, follow us on Instagram, uh, follow us in more of our podcasts. Uh, and again, thanks for listening in, guys.